Radio after the whistle, the official podcast of Capital City Supporters Group. I'm Johnny MacArthur. I'm here with Patty Dornan all season long, every week, giving you reactions, analysis, and hot takes. Patty, how many in a row at home is that? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's five. It's five in a row. It's five, uh, baby. It's five. It's five. <laughs> oh, cavalry. Man, I just, <laughs> uh, man, I can't get over how inside Tommy Wilden Jr.'s head cargo is. <laughs> it's hilarious every season. <laughs> it's inevitable. Yeah, it's inevitable. Yeah. So uh, to put it in perspective for those of you listening, uh, come, let's, let's let's have a quick little little jaunt down the combined ATO cavalry stats. Run us down memory lane, Patty. All right. Uh, so total overall, eight wins, two losses one draw which is bad but it doesn't sound that bad when you look at the head-to-head goals since 2020 ato has 19 goals for nine yeah. goals against amazing yes yeah <laughs> now, we are the that's kryptonite. over that's over two goals a game for yeah yeah we are the kryptonite and honestly well, just Sunday, about two goals a game for sorry yeah exactly but sunday is just another example of that irrefutable back fact yeah which is cool because like Cavs were coming into this game real hot Oh yeah, they five five out of six. So their last games were wins. Yep, uh, they were top of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, you know, the only team to beat them in the last seven games is us twice. Yep, twice. <laughs> <laughs> They're all, they got two losses in their in their past. Uh, yeah, exactly. Last time they lost was against us, and then we just went ahead and did it again. We sure did. We sure did. So, uh, yeah, it was. Good. It was. I mean, it was a good game. Um, you know, we're obviously going to talk about it in detail, but. Uh, Cargo ran the four one four one, which I've got to say I like. I like it. I think that's probably my favorite formation that he runs. And yes, it's, it's a little bit like I'm going to call it vanilla, maybe um, for for some people out there that like complex formations. But I do feel mm-hmm. like the four one four one is generally our more effective formation for for, it is. for ATO. It is. We've talked a lot about how four at the back seems to sort of unlock a different side of us, and having four at the back with Zapatera in front of it as well is I think that's kind of the key. And it's funny how we've got like four center backs as well in our four in the back. Like, yeah, <laughs> center backs turn turned full backs on the outside, but they're still natural center backs. Exactly. So that and I, I, this was a perfect example of, of how we use that that type of play um, in a way that really benefits the, the, the strategy that Carlos has put together. Um, you had Salter, you know, at the tip, obviously, uh, midfield quad. You had the Dublevees. You had the both Verhoeven start, which was great. <laughs> um, Bassett, Nassi as well. Um, you know, you, you, like you said, Alberto holding down the six. And then you had Nebo saying Diego and Carl we met in the defense. Um, overall, just a real strong start, I think. Yeah. Um, first first 20 minutes, uh, I think you said it, 20, 20 minutes. You were like, that was prime Barca. It was <laughs> amazing. I was like, what the hell? All these chances. Obviously, we scored the one goal like six minutes in. We could have scored another one like two minutes later. Just yeah, the we chances we were scary. creating. Yeah. And no, we looked super, super scary. And then it kind of just dropped off. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we had to expect that. This is ATO we're talking about here. So. I expected it in the second <laughs> half. I didn't expect it 20 minutes into the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And possession was, I mean, ATO classic. You had 38% oh, yeah. possession. Uh, and But the good thing, I think, uh, you know, also classic ATO fashion, we forced more than half of Cavs shots from outside the box and eight of 13 were off target. I love it. So you, we basically neutralized, I'm going to call it 50% plus of their shots, uh, mm. which is what we needed to do in this yep. game. When you have a Cavs offense that has guys like Ali Moosey, Ben Fisk, Camargo, like <laughs> Joe Mason, like, I mean, we're, it's a lot. They have a lot of, of uh, options. And I think that our defense did an incredible job of forcing them to the outside, which is really what we needed in this match. Yeah. You like, even with, even with Meyer Bevan not being in, it was just, you know, even so for me, some of their scary players aren't even their attackers. Like I was saying before this game, like Frazier aired terrifies me. Like yes. He is a menace. 
And yes, I mean, he he almost he almost scored against us uh, when Fisk had that ball into the box. And then he slid in, and uh, King Nate saved it. And, yep. and then yep. after that, Neba had the the goal line clearance. But yeah, Air easily could have scored there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Accio had an almost goal late in the second half as well. So. You know, they've like I said, they've, they've got a lot of tools tools in their box. I think, yeah. honestly, yeah. And, oh, and buddy, bringing Accio <laughs> in as well. Now that you mentioned yeah. him, like that's that's just after being in their form that they're in, and then bringing Willie Accio back to Canada as well. That's that was an, a signing of intent. It was for yes. sure. And, and you know, he was he was a bit of a menace out there when he finally did get subbed in. But yeah. uh, you know, the defense he, held it down, which was good. For I think all of us were yeah. breathed a very heavy sigh of relief when the when the ninety minute whistle went off. Yeah, no, he should have scored. I mean, he was in the box unmarked, mm-hmm. a beauty yep. cross right to his head, and somehow hit it right into uh, Nading his breadbasket, who you know kept yep. it on the line. Exactly, um, exactly. Beauty. Yes, and I mean Salter's goal seven minutes in, man. What a perfect read of of that play by Zach Verhoeven and Sam Salter. That could just, po- I, like, that's possibly one of like the prettiest goals we've ever scored, as far as like you know a, a line splitting pass that basically took three players out of the game, and then you know him hitting it first time. Yeah, yeah, him hitting it first time, but also just reading where the defense was and being one step on side, yeah. which was amazing. Because I know you know the icing on the cake for me was Carducci immediately trying to say it was an offside, oh, and then you watch the you watch the replay and you're like, no, no, no it was perfectly timed by Sam yeah. Salter. Yeah, <laughs> that run, um, exactly. and it was cool because he got to celebrate. Obviously, his teammates. The dub went wild, which was awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was good. Um, it's, but the but, thing is, is like it's what I loved about it is it's not a it's not a typical ATO goal. Like, no, it's not that 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 is a very pretty attacking football team type of goal. You know, mm-hmm. like the the through ball catched onto the perfectly timed run at the end, and the the lethal striker who hits it first time slots it in the in the uh, bottom uh, uh, left corner near post. Like it was I just, think, I saw it and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, Wait, what are we doing that? now? When did we start doing this? When did we start yeah. doing this? But I think that's, that's kind of what we've unlocked with Sam Salter because I think he was a bit of a, a you know, yeah, we said, we talked about him being a pen merchant or whatever last year with, with mm. Halifax. Um, I just don't think he was right for that team and we made fun of him for it. But I think now that he has been on our team, he's kind of shaking the rust off early season. Um, he's really coming into form. And I think, you know, a lot of us were questioning a transfer fee at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but if Sam keeps playing like he has over the last month, I'm I'm perfectly happy to leave him in that. Like he's our he's our best striker right now. He is like, hands he's, down. He's, he's our, our best starting striker. striker easily. And I mean, yeah. I, it's not to say that you know Ruben Del Campo isn't a good striker. Ruben obviously hasn't had nearly as the same amount of time to work well, with the team it, yeah. and get as acquainted with everyone as Sammy. And yeah, the way that he's been playing, he does not get. Uh, 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 moved off of that starting eleven anytime. But soon. that, but but that's a good point that you make. Is like Ruben is to me playing a little bit like early season Sam Salter. Yeah, he's he's new to the he's new to the squad. He's new to the formation. He's new to the attacking of of ATO, the counterattacking play of ATO. And I'm hoping that you know maybe by playoffs because we're gonna make playoffs. I've already decided. Um, <laughs> that's my that's hot cool. take. Uh, but maybe by playoffs, you know, Ruben will be also in, and we can play it two two at the front with him and Sammy Salter, and, and mm. it'll be you know great. Um, but yeah, so, uh, that being said, you know, the rest of the match was about as welcome as a fart in an elevator because <laughs> good, good, good God, that was just like 60 minutes of, of like praying we wouldn't concede a goal. Yeah, it really was dude. Like, um, cause yeah. Okay. So, okay. So they had, let's look at this five big chances they had all yeah. five of them missed, you know, five shots on target. Oh, when they hit that crossbar, I was like, Oh my uh. God. Like, this is, like there was at least three moments where they should have scored. Like, yeah. Should, not 100%. could have, but should have scored. Yep. Like we, this was, 
not as decisive as you know our three nil two nil two nil wins in the past against Cavs. like this one yeah. was a bit of a squeaky bum time wasn't it mm, yeah it sure was um and it was weird because like i don't know why we were playing that way and a lot of people talked about it during the game it's like why are we playing like we have a three goal lead when we're barely clinging to a one goal seven minute yeah. you know like yeah i wouldn't have been i wouldn't have been surprised if they equalized i wouldn't have been surprised if they got the go ahead either because it it almost kind of seemed like we decided all right that's enough time yep. to sit back <laughs> like sammy scored let's let's pack yeah. it in guys that's it just shut us down <laughs> you know we scored like seven minutes in right like we yeah. still got a whole game to play <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean it could have been but to counter your point it could have easily we could have had a couple more in the first 20 25 yeah. minutes yeah um, which we will probably talk about a bit later uh <laughs> especially one of them um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, last, I'm going to say like, before we jump into the next special segment of this podcast, mm-hmm. um, this was the last, uh, well, I guess just preceding this match, uh, the announcement of the departure of Zachariah Bahus. He's, uh, yeah. he's out, he's out. Weird um, one. Weird one. Isn't yeah. It? I think it surprised a lot of us. I know when I saw the news, I immediately posted it in the group. I was like, Oh my God, like, what is yeah. happening? Uh, cause you know, I think we all had our, had, had, you know, ideas of who was going to be maybe moving on or, or, or whatever. And I don't think any of us thought it was going to be Bahus. Um, but honestly, I think if it's good for him, it seems like from what we've seen on social media and stuff, it seems like it was maybe a decision between him and the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, you know, I have to, tip my hat to Zachariah who's you know we wouldn't have won the league last year made the playoffs I don't think without him no um so to me it's my my best wishes to him wherever he goes hopefully it's not to another team in the CPL yeah uh, <laughs> uh I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to deal with that I don't think uh no like if he, if he went to like York or Forge or like Halifax <laughs> I'd fucking lose it dude. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the worst yeah uh, go, to Val- yeah. go to Valor go to Valor yeah, that's fine. I mean honestly they probably need it at this yeah. point but uh but anyway all, all that to say from for me um I'm sure I speak for both Johnny and I yeah. um Thanks, Zechariah, for everything you did for the club. Um, we really appreciated everything you've put in last season, this season, um, and we wish you well um, on whatever, wherever your adventure takes you next. Hopefully, Absolutely. just not to another CPL team. Just <laughs> hopefully not there yet. No, mm-hmm. um, it was it was a shock. We had the little teaser of that there was going to be a signing, um, <laughs> yeah. and then and then you know obviously we're all like you said we were all asking okay, but we don't have the roster space for this right now. Um, so who's going to be gone? And we had mm. our, our ideas. We're like, oh, maybe Sacco's injury was too much and he's going to be out for the season. Or maybe yeah, there's Acosta. a lot of a lot of a lot of theories floating around. Right. It was mostly about people being out for the season because of an injury or something. We didn't realize there was going to be a, a, a contract termination happening. <laughs> and, and we didn't realize it was going to be Bohus either. Like, what? Yeah. This just kind of came out of nowhere. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's also kind of rough for our midfield depth, though, well, isn't it? Yeah, I realize it sure, that the next sure segment is going to be talking about our midfield depth, but you know he's a different kind of midfielder than that. So it's yeah, it's interesting really to see uh, how we're going to go forward. Yeah, and I guess I guess that's that's what we'll see. And uh, you know, we're not going to speculate on the reasons why, but yeah. um, we're just glad we had him for when we did. Um, so speaking of speculation, <laughs> I know our new signing that Johnny just mentioned. It was actually really funny. So when they when they teased it, they teased the number and like a picture of the dude's leg, mm-hmm. and then everyone immediately jumped really deep into like the dark web to find out who this guy is. <laughs> it, was, it was actually really funny to watch. You know, everyone trying to sleuth out who it was. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I think it might have been you actually that posted that you were like, oh, I think it's this guy no someone else had posted yeah i don't know know who it was yeah and then i looked into him and then noticed that he wore 96 in Mm. uh, his last club 
which is yep. the number that the, was the, the teasing on, uh, on the picture. Exactly. Like the, someone else had sussed him out. I guess, you know, they were, there were some teasers that he was Greek. Um, yep. Some people, I've, I think it actually, you know, I think it might have been Shane as, as, a, as a, a CF Montreal fan. Obviously, he would have been well aware of them having a Greek player who mm-hmm. maybe wasn't getting a lot of first team minutes um, mm-hmm. and then sort of threw him out there. And then, you know, uh, Eddie also did the digging and found that, that CF Montreal had a Greek player. And then yep. I threw it at the 96 <laughs> and it was just an alley alley and then we all landed out. I was like, well, I guess that's probably it. <laughs> and then it was funny because it was literally like, I think it was two or three hours before the announcement. And we're like, oh yeah, we know who it is. <laughs> it's like, we figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it was good though. So uh, without further ado, you know, we can do maybe, a, I don't know, a little spotlight on our newest edition. Um, Ilias Iliadis. Welcome. 20, 22 year old loan from CF Montreal. We love it. We lo- I love, I love, love the Sea of Montreal connection. Well, I mean, obviously Montreal. you and I are both stoked about it as Sea of yeah. Montreal fans. Because exactly. you know, there's not much else this season to be stoked about as a Sea of Montreal fan. The, <laughs> <laughs> the thing we can be stoked about is them lo- loaning us and giving us players. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> um, obviously, everyone that we've ever gotten from them has been, uh, you know, at least w- w- some level or another a success. Mm-hmm. Um, Keyshawn Ferdinand, obviously he didn't stay with us and we, and we did awful that year, but he was still a bright spot in our defense, um, yeah. as he has been a bright spot in our attack. And, uh, uh, we can only hope that we get the same type of performances from, uh, Elias Iliadis. Yeah. So they had signed him, um, in January. Yes. Um, he is, you know, born in Toronto, had, uh, played most of his youth soccer in Greece. He's, yep. you know, heritage very, I mean, you, you just heard his name. He's very <laughs> Ilias Iliadis. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> he was in the academy of the Panathinaikos. Oh, how, um, how, how much did you practice saying that before this podcast? I was terrified <laughs> before I said it just now. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it on his like transfer mark. I was like, oh yeah. man, either Johnny or I are going to have to try not to butcher that name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think he did um, great. He did great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so they signed him from there. He had made a bunch of appearances with their B team. Um, yeah, that's Super League of Greece, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty good. Um, and yeah. then, Th- so they brought 30, it. In, 34 games, I think. Two goals. There you go. Great stuff. And then the Montreal brought him in. Uh, he only made like something uh, like seven appearances in all competitions for Montreal mm-hmm. before they realized he wasn't ready to start in the MLS, which is fine. Not many are. Um, and then their only option at that time was to send him down to their uh, PLSQ club. Um, uh, which League League Quebec. League Quebec, yes. <laughs> um, which obviously they've decided he's too good for that league and they needed mm-hmm. to find somewhere in the middle. And boom, boom. Who do they have on speed dial? Atletico Ottawa. Heck who do we yes. what, what what do we need who do we need uh depth for right now midfield number six position mm-hmm. it was a match exactly. made in heaven it we sure was him. yeah yeah and he's got some international experience too he played for the under 17 greece team as well when he was young which is cool um yeah so i'm, I'm ha- super happy with the signing um mm-hmm. you know i obviously he subbed in like eight, he played like eight minutes but i, I think he that, did yeah. he did decent for those eight minutes you know yep. won all his tackles had a uh, one one most half of his ground duels Three for four on passing. Like, I mean, again, it's not a lot, but he still had six touches in eight minutes. Like, that's not bad. Two recoveries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. it, it's he he strikes me as like, obviously, uh, when he was playing with Montreal, he was kind of moved out of position. Like, he would be mm-hmm. playing like left wing back or left midfield, which obviously isn't his natural position. He's naturally is um, a central midfielder. Yeah. Um, so every clip that I've seen of him playing in Greece is, you know, playing at six, playing at eight. Um, he's, you know, extremely big physical boy. He's only 22, but he, you know, he looks like a full grown ass man. Um, <laughs> very good at tackling, uh, very good at passing. Um, I just think he's going to be a perfect protege under Zapater and it's really going to, 
I mean, Zappa can't be playing 90 minutes every week. I, I think he's already been playing too much. Like, I don't want him to be running to the ground too early. You know what I mean? No, and this gives us a little bit of a switch out when we need it, right? Yeah. Like, if we need to give Zappa a, a, a game to rest, like, i.e., maybe against York, yeah. who suck this weekend, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's an opportunity. So play yeah. Zappa for a half and then throw Iliadis in for a half, uh, which I would be okay with. So well, that's the thing, right? We can switch, like, who starts? And then, yep. you know, I have the other one come in as relief and just sort of go back and forth. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, so we're very happy, I think, across the board. I don't think yeah. anyone was like, oh, who is this guy? Everyone's like, oh, man, sweet, perfect pedigree. Um, you know, again, it keeps the CF Montreal ATO pipeline open, which is yeah. great. Um, I'm pretty sure it's, you know, it's probably because we have so many CF Montreal fans in the CCSG that they're like, hey, we should probably work with this. <laughs> they're like, of course, because I think uh, actually one of the, the CF Montreal podcast hosts was on the hot stove this week. Um, it was the emergency hot stove on the signing. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah we had an emergency yeah. hot stove, by yeah. the way. If you tune into that, it was really good until it got uh, cut short because of a power outage. <laughs> yeah, Eddie lost power. from Ottawa knew that uh, we had, we've been having some insane storms. So Yeah, but uh, but it was cool. We had Fernando on there. We had, uh, like I said, yeah. the, the I'm trying to think who it was, but um, yeah, it was it was one of the hosts of the the CF Montreal, one of the podcasts they do. Yeah, um, It was great. It was like perfect timing for me. We were just going to bed and then I tuned in and my wife was like, she's like, it's 11 o'clock. I'm like, shit, it's a hot stove. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a hot stove. <laughs> yeah, so I like turned the volume down and just had the phone up to my ear. <laughs> Amazing. But, uh, but yeah, it was great, honestly. So I think all of us are really happy to have that a uh, little bit of extra depth in our yeah. mids um, because I think you're right. I think as much as uh, and all of us are like, oh, he's 38, but like Zappa's here to stay and like yeah. can do what it, he can work miracles, which he can. Yeah. Uh, you know, you want to be able to give him a break when he needs it. You got to <laughs> so. be careful. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. other other than the last, other than uh, Zaragoza's last game of the season where he played 90 minutes, he really hadn't played 90 minutes for months before that. And, yeah. you know, that's telling. And obviously he's an incredible player, probably one of the best players on the team, but we need to manage him for the rest of the season and yeah. not, I mean, He's just 38 years old. He can't be running around on plastic every week for 90 minutes for the rest of the season. It's just not kosher. So yeah, we, we got ra- to ration, ration. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We got to spread out our uh, our gifts from Zapater. So at the end of the day, we needed a six and Fernando went out and got us two of them. So heck yeah. Shout out Fernando. <laughs> killing it. Everyone loves a good midseason transfer window, right? We, we just yes. brought in three guys. So yes, yes, we did. So, very, very uh, so yeah. So speaking of, of good players, I guess we can jump right into standouts oh, yes. uh, for Let's this week. Um, I'm going to say top of my list. And I think top of everyone's list. Sammy Salter had mm-hmm. a great game. I think yep. um, goal aside, he had decent numbers, uh, 64 minutes on the pitch, 34 touches, 14 for 20 on passes, which isn't great. But for me, the thing that got me was four out of five aerial duels. That's great, dude. That's great from a guy that we've been complaining. We've been complaining about headers like for this entire season. Well, he's 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 six foot two, and like we've talked been talking about how big of a player Sammy Salter is. Like he's a big boy. Yeah. And I think we are both very excited when we see that Sam starting to use his size and speed to win balls and score goals at the same time. Like he had a shaky start. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're all there's a lot of question marks, I'm going to say, around his his transfer to us or signing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's come into his own and I love seeing him score a goal and then also just bang out four to five headers, you know, on on aerial duels, which is awesome. It's well, the thing is, is like I obviously at the beginning of the season when he wasn't kicking off, um, you know, that that can lead to confidence issues. Right. No, for sure. Um, and so you, and then he was playing like he had confidence issues, but he's on four goals now and he's playing yeah. and he's playing like he has that confidence of someone that's finally starting to kick off. 
Oh yeah, seeing his goal celebration when he scored, I was like, "This is a, that's a player that is like confident in what he's yeah. doing now." No, exactly. Like before exactly. Sammy, you know, he scored a goal, and like you could tell he was kind of like, "Oh well, you know, maybe that was a one-off." But to me, this was the one where, as soon as I saw his face after that goal, and he knew he was onside, and he oh, just yeah. like he didn't even look back; he just kept going. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> he knew how sweet that whole yeah. that whole sequence was. The whole build-up. You could tell when he yeah, turned exactly. around, he was like, "Yeah." That just happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so definitely Sammy Salter for me is top of the list. Um, I, I mean, at some point, I'm sure Zapater won't be up here, but he still is. This week is not it because <laughs> he's still up here for week. me. Yeah. Uh, again, 38-year-old put up 90 minutes of solid football. Yep. Um, 84% pass accuracy, 4 for 7 on long balls, 50 touches, 8 passes into the final third, Johnny. Amazing. 88% on ground duels and 100% on aerial duels, three interceptions and five recoveries. Like, who is this man? It's stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like, yeah, you, you're like, oh, his defensive stats are great. Is he just like a, like a halfback sort of anchor, like DM? It's like, no, he also passed it the final third eight times. <laughs> and when and went and went over 50% on long balls. So like, no, he actually does it all. Like his passing yeah. is is elite. It is elite. And, and again, we it's supremely confident, too. Um, it's funny, too, because I know I, I, I know on X or Twitter or whatever we're calling it now. Um, <laughs> I know Hal, Hal, Halifax fans were like big on whining. They're like, eh, he never leaves the center circle. He oh, never, yeah. And it's like, yeah, but like to, to me and everyone else who know, understands football, that he's exactly what we wanted a six. Yeah. Like he, yeah, okay, great. If he never leaves the center circle and performs like that every game, I am so happy with that signing. Well, that's just it. If you can. Yeah, he's if you can completely up. neutralize any attack down the middle and then also distribute the ball as elite as he does, then he doesn't need to leave the middle circle. No, exactly, because he's distributing to guys like Noah Verhoeven and Ollie Bassett and John Lassie and, and Zach Verhoeven. Like, he's just distributing to guys that have the speed and, and are a lot younger, obviously. Yeah. But it's it's to me, it's the high pass accuracy and extremely calm play in the middle of the pitch mm-hmm. that is setting these guys up for some of the beautiful plays we've seen so far since he joined the, joined the club. Yeah, um, and, he's, so, and he's basically immune to the press. You know how many times he was. Oh my dis- God, you know how many he times he was dispossessed? You know how many times he's dispossessed? Don't bother. No. Zero. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one dispossesses that. <laughs> it is. It is funny though, man. Like, because again, you know, when he got signed, I think a lot of people were like, "Ah, he's an old, older." Well, a lot of people outside of Ottawa, because obviously we were all jazzed to the tits yeah. that we were getting <laughs> Alberto Zapater. Yeah. Um. But but I think a lot of people were worried about his age outside of the club. And to me, yeah, okay, he's not running around, you know, running down twenty-two-year-old strikers who are playing against us or whatever. Yeah. But that's not what we needed him to do. And it's no, not exactly. what he's doing. Exactly. And to me, you know, if you understand football, you understand that there is a time and a place for players like that. And this is the time and the place that we need yeah. him to play. Yeah, no, exactly. That is exactly the, 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 the profile of, of DM that we needed. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's what he gives us. Yeah. And do you want to brilliant. <laughs> brilliant signing? Brilliant I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, a stat here that is hilarious, excited, um, and you're going to love it. So before Alberto Zapater, we had played 12 games. We had won 12 points for an average of one point per game, obviously. After Zapater, we have played five games. We have won 12 points <laughs> for an average of 2.4 points per game. <laughs> oh, man, that makes me so happy. Half of so- our points have been with Zappa in the past five games of this season. But but that's that's just it. Like to me, we talked and we talked and we talked and we talked and we talked about the number six and how yeah. it was like killing, killing mm-hmm. our team. Mm-hmm. And then we sign an elite six like Alberto Zapater and then immediately make the same amount of points we made all 12 games before that in five games. There you <laughs> like, go. 
Yeah, went from one point per game to 2.4 points per game. Uh, I know the sample uh, size is smaller, but that's what makes it hilarious. Yes, yes. But either way, shout out to Fernando and Cargo and anyone else that was involved in that transfer. Yeah. Um, because good God, what a what a great signing for us. Um, and I know there's someone's going to make one of those Bleacher Report style graphics <laughs> that we can put on Twitter with that yeah. before and after Zappa. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because a lot of a lot of people were like. Uh, there's a few, I think a few polls that came out um, in the last couple of weeks about like, oh, who was the biggest signing in, in the CPL? Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, is, is Daniil Henry the biggest signing? I'm like, my guy, that dude played 44 games for Canada and played like 10,000 minutes in MLS. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Zappa played 10,000 minutes in La Liga alone. He has yeah. 40,000 minutes of professional time yeah. plus like international squads. So like it's a bit of a one-sided argument um but it's sad that he's not getting the accolades he deserves from other clubs but you know yeah. what we love him we love well, him let's say we only like when obviously when the signing came out people were googling and being like oh look yeah. it says former soccer player type of shit like that right and always mm-hmm. oh, 38 is he going to be able to do it we said this in the last episode too is that they need these types of imports to fail so that they could so no. that they can prove to themselves that our project is like a failure right Guess so what? Well, just and, and then, and you know, they need him, and, and that's why they, they, they do things like clown him for staying out of the middle circle, even though he's the best player on our team, as if that matters. It's like, you, you always want to find the smallest thing to nitpick at. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's the, and the thing is, is that he's really not good at giving them things to nitpick about. <laughs> no, because he's so consistent. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to say one, one small point aside from his performance that I'm going to mm-hmm. touch on was that yellow card. Can we like, what? on god's green earth did she see on that challenge like yeah there was a there was a bit of a you know whatever um but it was soft and i think that you know carly sean mclaren who generally like i like carly sean mclaren as a referee i generally find she's she's fairly even-handed um and i think she realized she made the mistake because she gave uh she gave trafford a a yellow later on in the second half for also a soft foul and i was like ah okay here we go it's the one for one the (laughs) The one one for one one. yellow exchange um but yeah it was was sad because like i was like man he didn't deserve that this is zappa don't don't come for our Zappa, all right? <laughs> don't come don't come for him. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a bit soft. Um I mean, has he gotten yellow yet? That's not nope, his first that, one, is it? That was uh, that was his first. That was his first season, one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, as a as a DM, you know, not getting a yellow until your fifth game is I guess not the worst thing in the world, is it? Yeah, but give him a yellow for something he deserves a yellow. Yeah, for. exactly. Like, I, I saw yeah. that and I was like, "Ah, come on." And I think <laughs> everyone realized it including her because I watched the I rewatched the the uh Charlie Trafford foul from the second half and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh boy, that also was real soft." <laughs> and then she pulled the yellow and I was like, "Okay, this was an exchange." <laughs> yeah, an exchange, yeah. Yes, yeah. So, uh Exactly, exactly. Um, and then for me, last pick, I'm going to call this one a bit of a spicy pick because there were a mm-hmm. lot of players, I think, that had good games. Yeah. I know Carl, we met, got player of the match voted by fans. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give my last spot uh, to King Nate. I think Nathan Ingham had a really great performance. Mm-hmm. Um, he saved us. Like, you know, again, does this passing need some work? Yes, 100%. Um, that being said, he made five saves, yeah. including key moments, which to me, the most key moment save that he made was that 74 minute header by Accio. Yeah. Yes, it was directed generally at him, but for him to lean forward off the line and then lay down on the ball, I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> my heart was reaction, in my throat. Yeah. yeah. I was like, he's going to, he's, you know, it was a, it was a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, speed on it. And I was expecting yeah. him to kind of fall backwards. And I know Accio tried to call for like, oh, you passed the line or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, for sure. It was a solid keeper play. Um, so, you know, I think it was a solid performance from his majesty. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see more of that. So if we can keep that going for me, yep. that would be awesome. His majesty. Yes. Um, yes. I what am got, going Johnny? to, b- before I nominate probably my player of the match, I'm going to mm-hmm. be a little controversial here and I'm going to bring oh. up something that you said if, about a month ago. 
Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yo, why? You said, <laughs> because I want to be a little spicy here. <laughs> All right, let's spicy. go I want it. some let's disagreements happening. So. All right. Okay. Of course. You said, and I quote, I am officially over Neba. I would be happy to see him uh, released by the club to make room for more consistent players. Well, explain, yes, okay. Patty. I, w- I will explain. Um, <laughs> I will explain this in that Neba, I have to give him credit. Neba had a good game this game. Neba I think Neba has had game this game. several good games this game, or there's several good games this season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, was it a perfect performance? I mean, he went five for 11 on ground duels as a defender. Not great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does he have room for improvement? Yes. I think. At that point, like I, I still, I still worry about Neba. I think everybody does. I think we all worry about his fitness. We've seen him go through previous seasons and make, you know, half the season, and then he's injured, or mm-hmm. he comes back for two games and then he's injured again. Yeah. Um. So for me, my concern with Neba in general is just his match fitness, mm-hmm. less when he's playing well, because he does play well. Honestly, yeah. he's had a lot of really good games. Um. Yeah. He's put up a few stinkers, but for me, my concern in general is having him match fit and. If he goes, he goes. Like I'm, I, again, I think that he's a good player, but I also think that we're looking for consistency in the team right now. Mm. And sometimes when Nebo plays, I am real worried, especially this season because we had so many injuries. We've got Sacco out, we've got Miguel Acosta out now. Um, our defense is, is I'm going to call it in a bit of flux. And if Nebo goes down, like who do we have to fill that role right now? If Nebo goes, oh for sure. At the moment, no, <laughs> like, because because Tiso is injured, Sacco's injured, yeah. and Acosta is also injured. <laughs> Exactly. So, so that's my concern. Um, you know, am I happy to keep Neba when he's match fit? Yes. My biggest concern with him as a player for this club is whether or not he is match fit. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, you, you defended Don't come for me, Johnny. Well. You defended yourself well. Um, on the other note, when he is match fit, I, w- I just want to say that it's so funny oh, because this yeah. game, um, like when he's on, he is friggin' on. Oh, he dude. had a performance. Um, and, and it's funny because like every every time he plays, we either say, I think this was his best ever performance for us. Or we say, I think this was his worst ever performance for us. This was up there as one of the best. 83% pack, pass accuracy, four out of five accurate long balls. That's the mm-hmm. type of stuff we need. Bro, from 11 the passes well. into the final third. 11. And 11 Double passes digits. into the final third. Third, three out of four tackles, one, three out of three aerial duels, one. He managed uh, 10 recoveries. He managed to basically pocket Ali freaking Moosey for that entire game. And that's not an Which easy feat, especially when you, you know, when you, when you, when you turn about as fast as the Titanic. So <laughs> <laughs> his yeah, positional awareness, and he said as much in the post as well. He's like, well, even when we were on the attack, I had to watch this dude uh, yeah. to make sure that, you know, he was not going to be a force um, when they were moving the other way. And I yeah, think he talk, got left in the about dust about once. But other than that, his positional awareness was absolutely fantastic. And he kept. Yeah, we talked about it last week game. because I think both you and I were both worried about Ali Musi and his yeah. ability, especially this season, to convert, you know, uh, uh, even a shaky play into a goal. Yeah. And yeah, ne- yeah, you're right. Neva, Neva had him had his number the entire match, which yeah. was so good for us. No, it was great. I was and I was I was worried coming into this. I was like, um, their, their right side is terrifying and all of our left backs are injured. Like, is Neva going to be able to do this? Uh and now I'll and that's an the, oh. but but you know what that's that's the question mark that i have about neba mm-hmm. that's it's exactly that is like is he going to or is he not going to so if he continues to put out numbers like this great i'm perfectly happy and you know glad that he's on the club uh, and he's on the team and he's able to play with us um but yeah my concern is just if he's not you know if he had gotten injured at any point during that game like Ooh. it's true it's, it's <laughs> i don't know that might have been lights out for us yeah for sure. Yeah. I don't think any, no, we didn't, we didn't have anyone on the bench that could have slotted in that left back. Yeah. So we yeah. would have had to probably do this, like completely shift our shape, which would have screwed everything up. Cause when you have to shift your shape and you're not, you're not planning on it, 
No. <laughs> yeah, that would it would have been bad. It would have been yeah. bad. So thankfully, we don't have to worry about that. No, true. So on the other coin, do you have any disappointments? I wouldn't really say disappointments for this match, mm. but maybe just not up to snuff with some of the other uh, better players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Ollie had a bit of a bland match, which yeah. kind of sucks because I, I I do think that. Zapatera had a match and yeah. then Ollie kind of just fizzled out a little bit. Um, yeah, that's two in a row for know, him. It is. And it kind of sucks because, you know, we were all used to seeing Ollie do it, do yeah. what he does. And we're super excited to have Zapatera in the six so that Ollie can be free to do more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, two for five in ground duels, one for three long balls, dispossessed twice. I mean, like, again, it wasn't a horrible performance. Like he mm-hmm. had some decent stats, but it just wasn't what I was hoping for from the Ginger Prince. Um, especially with a performance like Zapatera put out, um, I was hoping for a little more. Um, and I mean, then, why, why, why was that? Do you think? Um, I, I, I have an idea. I think it was because most of our attacking potency was coming down the left, so yeah, just maybe yeah, not my, wasn't as involved as as he could have been. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I guess our left side finally did have a, a match that I'm going to say they outperformed our usual on the left side because mm-hmm. um, that's generally our weak side and. Maybe that did take away a little bit of Ollie's, you know, finesse to play the ball where he wants to play it. Yeah. Um, because he was constantly cycling it through Noah Verhoeven out to Zach Verhoeven on the left. So, yeah, yeah could be. Um, but yeah, just kind of a bland match. Not bad. Not great. Um, and then I would probably say Malcolm and Ruben both kind of, yeah, they got subbed in 26 minutes a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, it was weird. They actually like had almost identical stats which I didn't realize till I started reading about the, the post-match <laughs> stats after watching it. <laughs> Malcolm, three for six on passes. Ruben, three for six on passes. Malcolm, go. one for three on dribbles. Ruben, one for three on dribbles. Wow. <laughs> Malcolm, two for seven on ground duels. Ruben, two for five on ground duels. <laughs> Malcolm, 17 touches. Ruben, 15 touches. That's <laughs> like, weird, dude. <laughs> yeah, super, super weird. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think either of them had, a, you know, a, neither of them made a real impact on the match, which kind of yeah. sucked. Um, and then I would say, lastly, and just for a sole incident, Assy missing a wide open net. Ah, Johnny Angelassi. So, okay. <laughs> when this first happened, I was like, bruh. And then afterwards, <laughs> I had people explaining to me, you know, actually, that chance wasn't as easy as it seemed. It's, you know, it's coming fast across his body. He's hitting it with the outside foot. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Watch the replay yeah. again. And I'm still like, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> I get the ball yes. was sort of bobbling Very a that. little bit. Very like, that. You timed it perfectly so you could hit it on the bounce on the hat volley like why yeah it's it just needed a sweeter strike you know what i mean like he got he obviously got under it too much he wasn't leaning over it enough it was it should have been two now yeah a little panicky um so yeah to to me i I wouldn't i mean he had otherwise good performance but i just man it's 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 plays like that that really make me kind of question assy when he gets the ball um and i don't want to do that i don't want to because he's got he's so fast and i want him to be able to finish well, he had a great game. We're just, we're just, we're just clowning about how he missed a wide open. <laughs> <We are>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's not the first time it happens. It happens. It's so yeah, funny yeah. too. It's like if he could have gotten his second goal at the end of the season, it would also be against Calvary. It would have just yeah, been we were, you know, it, it would have been great, and he would have been on the standouts. So, yeah. but I, and again, I, I guess I'm not putting on the disappointments. I'm just that moment is disappointing. It's more the moment is funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to call out Ruben as far as he probably should have scored again. Um, yes, that's this, true. That yeah. run up on that run up uh, the left side and smash he's the ball right into right into Carducci's hands. He's constantly getting so close, and I just want I just want to go for him. I want it so bad. And what I'm getting with the sort of vibe, the here, yeah, well, that's just it, right? Like I feel like once the one, once he gets the one, 
it's gonna yes, be the, like, the dam will burst it's you know? gonna be like the ketchup coming out of the bottle right but <laughs> i think the problem with him and, and he had the same the basically the exact same chance in his first game as well from the same angle and he had like the same shot um mm. was i think he goes for he clearly goes for power over placement yeah and that's why he smashed it right into carducci's hands and i mean damn he has a powerful shot but it really doesn't do any good if it's straight at the keeper yeah, that's a good point. Right. So yeah. like obviously we see the difference between that chance and Salters where he just sweetly slotted that down in the bottom corner and sometimes that's what you need. You don't need to hit it 100 miles an hour. You just need to yeah. hit it in the right spot. So it was yeah. kind of like literally both sides of the coin in the, the those two treatments of those chances. So I'd love to see him just smash it and literally have it break through the net, but you know, yeah. som- <laughs> sometimes sometimes you need placement over power. And yeah. yeah. We, we see that from the way that he plays. And then he picked up the rebound and then ended up just, just missing the net with that as well when he probably could have passed it to, uh, to, to I think, was Salter that was in the box. I can't remember. But either yeah. way, I think he's, he's, uh, he's squeezing the stick. He's chomping at the bit. He's snatching at his chances too much. And he needs, to, he needs to calm down a bit. And then he'll get one. He will. I know he will. And then, yeah, uh, for sure. And then it'll just be golden from there. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of things to improve, areas of improvements for our whole team, what are you uh, uh, putting up? Man, I know we have the same uh, idea. Here. Pressure. Honestly, I, w- I would have liked to even just, I would have taken even that amount of pressure for one half. We talked about <laughs> earlier, like one half would have yeah. been enough. I think we would have probably been two or three nail up at halftime yeah. if we had kept that up for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, like it's totally, if you want to park the bus at that point and just defend, you know, with a lead like that, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm getting tired, especially in this game, uh, of just seeing us park the bus after like a single goal. Be like, ah, our work's here, work here's done. Yeah, Let's just let them have a shooting gallery. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, freaking yeah. Cargo said basically as much in the post presser too. He's like, yeah, we yep. played good for 31 minutes, and I'm like, that's oddly specific, but you definitely like noticed <laughs> it. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's not, and it's not just starting to sit back. It's we have to be smarter when we're sitting back. How many? free kicks did we give up right at the edge uh, of our box so many and, and that's how, like our date that's our danger zone man i know and that's how our, that's our no-go. you every single time dude i was oh, every every time every time <laughs> every single time um so you know i get i get worried enough on corners against us and then when yeah. you're giving them a uh, direct free kick from just outside the 18 uh, over and over like and it. over again don't like it don't like it yeah and especially yeah. when they've got free kick specialists like ali Musi, like fraser air just stop mm-hmm. stop doing mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly exactly so please no more of that that would be great thankfully our set piece defending has has sort of improved and i mean Cargo bit, mentioned yeah. that in the post as well he's like we've been working on this for weeks now and <laughs> i'm like good because we were complaining about it every single week we were yeah, i was gonna like we were complaining about it for weeks so it's good that you're putting the work in <laughs> yeah but i mean you know this marks how many games in a row we haven't conceded from a set piece it's it's uh, nice it's yeah nice. it's, it's yeah, one it's a, two uh, three two, four three. Five. Four? That's at five. least five. At least five. And the last five we haven't conceded from a set piece. So that's that's just that's nice. great. That's great. So that's cargo. Yeah, we know, we know you're listening. Keep it up. That's that's great. Your your work is is paying off. Uh, and we're glad we don't have to talk about us sucking at free kick defending. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> we mentioned how we how <clears throat> the management saw a gap, so they brought yeah. in so they brought in a plug to fill it. Obviously, the management saw a weak spot, and they've worked to improve it. So it's really nice to have like a pragmatic, uh, you know, backroom staff that knows yeah. the problems and, and, and addresses them accordingly. That's, you know, not all clubs are the same, right? And it really seems that we're, 
we we have that focus. <laughs> yeah, we have the plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So yeah, moment of the match, obviously easy one, but Sammy's goal for sure. Um Nate save at seventy four minutes is good for me. Um because yeah. that floater I was for sure confident it was gonna go in and you know, we didn't. Um because Nate read that play properly. Yep. Um so yeah, to me it's Sammy's goal. It's gotta be just oh man, that's like that one touch. And Carducci was so angry. <laughs> so was the defender because he literally yeah. just let him like he he left the ball. He let it roll. Yeah, he let him have one touch and that's all it took. Which that's was Cobza, great. right? I think. Yeah. Yeah, Cobza, yeah. Cobza who yeah, so. was it him or Klomp? Either way, whatever. They were caught ball watching. Which was great for us. <laughs> um that so yeah, that back to that Nate save. Um I was sure it was like you like you, I was sure it was going in, and I was sure that game was gonna end one one because we were not having the momentum to uh, come back and go ahead again. No, not that late. <laughs> yeah, not late in that not that late in the game. No, absolutely. Uh, especially because Verhoven was was I think he had already been subbed off at that point. Yeah, he had. He yeah. Was, so it's not like we can bring him back on to get us another goal. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yep. actually, I, I want to, you know, here's Let's me coming, it. coming back and wanting to mention Neba again, but that goal line yeah. clearance after Nate yes. was, yeah. at, because that was going in otherwise. That was big brain, man. That was big brain. Yeah, it was very big brain because I think it was Camargo was coming. Was it, was it Camargo? Yeah. Camargo or Fisk, was, either way. Someone yeah. was coming in, sliding. They were going to toe poke that in. <laughs> like that yeah. was going yeah. in there. Yeah. And yeah. instead no, Neba saved the day. Yeah, agreed. That was a good. That was a uh, yeah. That was another moment of the match for sure. Um, and I guess you could say maybe the crossbar shot that was also like oh oh we didn't even <laughs> mention that. But yeah, no, we didn't. That, that was definitely terrifying. should have gone in, and <laughs> there was be no one to blame. Nate wouldn't have been to blame for that at all. That was a no, rocket. God no, um, absolutely. That was we we shouldn't have let him. You know take take that shot on the turn <laughs> that was but, that was a brilliant move dude like he he did yeah. he, he did the thing where you stick up with the toe out to to stop it and and, and stabilize the ball and then shroop do like a whole 360 and just fire it right into the corner it was ridiculous yeah and you know the football gods saw fit to <laughs> smiled on us the smile down upon us at TD for our fifth win in a row at home. Who is this team? <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been mentioned that last season we had five wins at home all season. We just did five in a row. <laughs> five wins at home all season in 2022. And now we just did five in a row at home. There we go. Different team. There you baby. go. Different team. Great. We're winning good, at home. And you know what? This, this is so good for morale for the, for the, the people that oh, come into games. Like, it is. It's showing in our attendance. We cracked 5,000 again. Yeah, we f- cracked 5k it's, again, which is awesome. It's beautiful. And you know, yeah. so many things now that last season we'd be nitpicking about because we were at the back of our minds also pissed that we weren't winning at home. It's like mm. so many other things like away games. We, you know, we can let a little bit more slide like the Halifax game because we are winning yeah. at home. So yeah. That at least is, you know, the bare minimum that we should be doing. And we're doing it in flying colors right now. Yep. Yeah. And here's actually, here's another good stat. Um, for our first home, four home games this year, we were outscored seven to two. But in our last five, we've outscored our opponents nine to two. So there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uno reverse card for the yeah. second half. Uno reverse card, baby. <laughs> you love it. Anyways. Yeah. You've heard enough from us. Now it's time to hear from you. CCSG Mailbag. We've got another good mailbag. Another good week. It's a good, good mailbag. You know, when we win, we get good ones. When we lose, we get good ones. Honestly, every <laughs> all of these are great. I love them. Uh, so welcome to the mailbag segment of the podcast. Uh, this is the podca- part of the podcast where you guys get to send in your, your questions or your comments uh, or your drunken hot takes of the game or your angry 
two plus day rage filled hot takes after we lose Stewing uh, you, can send, <laughs> you can send in whatever you want we'll probably read it we'll talk about it um it's the best part of being a member of the capital city sports group is that you get a whole section of the podcast that's just for you Beautiful. so without further ado let's uh kick it off johnny best yep. card of the year i think Question so mark. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it that, was, that, that is the first question. Best crowd of the year question mark. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. I mean, night game on a Saturday, gorgeous weather. Yeah, oh, Saturday 5K under the lights, buddy. The win. What more primo, can you ask? Primo football time. Yeah. And you could yeah, tell, I, I mean, you could tell from watching at home on TV. It was like, oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure Jenkins said in the, in the, the other game, the next day he, he mentioned us. Like, I don't really know why, but that uh, it's felt like a playoff game. And yeah, you know, yeah. it did. It sounded yeah, like one yeah. from home. I mean, the dub, the, the dub looked incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like all game, the entire game, the dub looked so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was vibes. Uh, I'm really glad to see that we're cracking 5K. Hell yeah! In general, I think we're averaging over 5K right now, which well, is great. great. It's great, uh, and I know, I know that um, uh, Patrick sort of follows ticket sales a lot. Um, he's really interested in that. Uh, basically, he wants to far, sort of chart our trends, and he'll, he 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 has a he looks at what's available and makes an estimate of like how many have been sold. Um, mm-hmm. And I know sometimes it gets a little worrying because we'll be like a day or two before the game, and we'll only be at like around like three k sold. But I know that Ottawa is very much like a day of of event sort of town. <laughs> yeah. But seeing day of event still bring in another like two thousand people and you know crack the five k, which is basically our goal every week is is mm. real real good to see and is it because yeah. we're winning at home probably maybe it's ottawa yeah, honestly, we know this so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah apathy is our middle name yeah. uh so when we're doing well people will show out and yeah. when we're not doing well people don't um so yeah it's it's been really good to see the the genesis i'm gonna call it of this club and and of the supporters uh and the crowds in general i i like to see the upward trend uh season to season um even in seasons where we're doing poorly at home we still had good attendance last year it's just yeah. cool to see like the, the the evening out of the crowd uh and then that way we've got a solid foundation that we can build from for future games and future no, seasons. exactly especially yep. if we keep performing like this at home <clears throat> um let's throw this one at you this one's side two of these are sort of similar uh what's the over under on how many red bulls john and yell sc had before the match against cavalry because sweet mother of god those limbs were flying during the end of match celebration <laughs> in front of the town <laughs> and the thing is i've heard this from multiple people too assy isn't scoring but man can we talk about this kid's passion as far as his post-game celly vibes um obviously we don't get the pa- the the privilege of seeing all of the post-game sellies because they don't always put them on the tv but i've heard from multiple people that that kid was like losing his shit <laughs> yeah 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 everyone yeah everyone who was at the game was like oh my god assy's going nuts um and I, I i do think that i love seeing just the the post-game celebration photos and videos and stuff that come out after the game um it's it really shows that the the team's starting to come together to really appreciate what the the dev is doing what mm-hmm. capital city supporters are doing um to put together that atmosphere you know you got guys like like zappa who come from real zaragoza who have a crazy giant you know they're talking like tens of thousands of fans at a game um and you know to see him involved and in, and singing along and jumping and chanting with with us is just really cool to see. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Assy to me is one of the, I think he ran over and he grabbed Wally and like put him on his shoulders and I was like, that's the kind of <laughs> that's the kind of guy you want uh, in a post game Sally. So um, Assy, just keep doing what you're doing, man. You're just is it, honestly it's a, it's a great part of this club and the and the supporters' cultures when the players really get you know involved with the celebrations um i think we had uh diego came over and was was front and center down with the capos and stuff yeah um which was cool there's some hilarious photos of him 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that it was great. I, I think it's awesome. Um, you know, if he's, if he's not scoring, if he's not scoring, at least he's contributing to the vibes of the club. Yeah, exactly. Vibes, 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 vibes. And it's, it's, it's critical to have that connection with the players and the fans, right? Because then they, they know who they're playing for, right? Mm-hmm. And we know the kind of people that we're cheering for every week too. If you don't well, have exactly. that, if you don't have that connection, that passion isn't there, then, you know, what do you got? Then you got York. So <laughs> <laughs> then, you got, then you have York. <laughs> Yeah, when you play in front of 16 fans. <laughs> sorry, but shade. Sorry, not sorry. Yes, yes. Um, all right, I'm going to hit you with this one. We lose 1-0 away to Halifax, and the world is ending. We win 1-0 at home with a late calf chance hitting the crossbar, and we're golden. What is the truth? <laughs> what is the truth? I mean, yes, any any immediate post-game reaction is going to you know be either ecstasy or the opposite of that. Um, as usual, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Actually, probably not even in the, in the middle. Um, we've mentioned multiple times during this episode already that I'm not going to call that win like, like, yes, you know, I am going to call. I'm going to call that win a little bit lucky. Like, mm-hmm. let's not let's let's be honest here. Like, we we <laughs> they had five big chances, and if it wasn't for Nading, and we lose that game, you know what yep. I mean? Like, we th- this this wasn't the ATO masterclass that we've done against Calvary multiple times. We, yeah. we left ourselves open. Like they very rightly should have scored at least one, probably two or three. Um, and obviously the one nil loss away to Halifax was, you know, one of our worst games of the season. So, you know, nicking these results at home is very good. You make your own yeah. luck, but I mean, we're not going to sit here and pretend like we were awful last week and amazing <laughs> this week. Right. It's yes. sometimes about, sometimes bounces go your way. Sometimes they don't. So we need to build on this momentum as far as uh, of a mentality goes, but yeah. we also still have, have room to improve, even though, which is, you know, it's, it's rich to say we have 12 points in our last five games. Like it's rich to say we have room to improve, but I mean, we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's completely fair. Yeah. Yep. Um, shout out to Billy leading the chance by himself all 90 minutes. Man. Also, all four cap- uh, capos were in the pit after the game. <laughs> Historical. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Honestly, shout out to Billy that doing a solo capo for like 90 minutes, I can't even imagine yeah. how much of a headache he probably had at the end of that. Because <laughs> like you're pounding beers, you're, you're, you're yelling, you know, you're, you're, yeah, I don't even know if he had a voice the next day. Probably not. Yeah. Um, I've been down, you know, I've been down that way and i come on this podcast and i sound like you know (laughs) it's not great um but but to have him commit and do that for 90 minutes straight is a feat it's great so yes yes billy 100 percent shout out from johnny and i you know all the ccsg like that's that's incredible that you were able to pull that off um i know eddie had had a time because he's like i'm gonna sit back (laughs) and like and and he did and i'm gonna be at where i'm not like leading the leading the chance and then you know you know he he can't help himself so he had oh yeah he was he was back up at the front for sure (laughs) (laughs) our capo rotation is is unparalleled it is it really is um so yeah agreed um yeah uh okay uh zapater is the bull true uh, what other animals do we have on the team? <laughs> oh man! Uh, and, all right, Johnny, who, you got any? I don't know, dude. I know I've got we, a couple. Uh, I've got a couple, man. Yeah, I know that. Uh, like, I, obviously, we had the dog day themed one where we yeah. called a spayo a golden retriever. I think that's the only other one that I remember. 
Um, I would say like Nate Ingham is definitely like a lion man because like every time, like I said, did you see his po- his post game photo when he was walking down the down the concourse and he just like has his like slick back hair and I was like, man, I was like, look at that fucking hair. <laughs> <a> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's yeah, so he's like ass. a lion. He's like a lion. You know, the wind is blowing and his mane yeah. is like, <laughs> oh, just yeah, glorious. So, yeah, I would say that. Um, I would, yeah, I would say, uh, you know, maybe. Yeah, it's a, you know, I would say, I, oh, oh man, I got a good one. Uh, <laughs> I would say that um, Miguel Acosta is yeah. like, like a, like some kind of owl because have you ever seen any of the photos of him? He's, he, he constantly has like massive oh, eyes. Oh, he's got like the thousand yard stare. <laughs> yeah, no, he has a like thousand huge yard eyes stare for sure. And also like he sees 360 degrees and owls can turn their head all the way around. So that's what I, <laughs> I would say. Miguel is our like. <laughs> I love it. I love that one. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, those are probably so, the best sure. answers. I was going to leave those at that. I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's definitely a lot of animals in this team, and all of them are are picking at the bones of the rest of the league. For sure. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> We're all vultures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in the good way, not the uh, the bad way. Yeah. Um, yep. I know this is ATO, but I'd also like to hear your guys talk about the Canada's failure at the uh, Women's World Cup. I don't oh, want to boy. talk about this, but I'll bring it up anyways. Would, well, it's would, completely fair to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Would the uh, would the Canadian national team make it out of the group stage? If they had made it out of the group stage, would it have made any difference in attendance in the CPL? Do you think it would have, um, do you think it would have grown interest in it and made more people come to the games? We don't even know I if mean, it I, has a negative advantage. It just happened this morning. Yeah. Recording this, so. I mean, I, I, I would say I'm, I'm of two minds. I think the, this, the, the football fan in me and i think the football community really takes them getting knocked out of the world cup kind of to heart and we we yeah. look at it from a from a football standpoint of saying like any success in the international stage helps us grow the game in canada mm-hmm. um so i think we're all a little bit disappointed that it just didn't really pan out the way we wanted it to um there were a couple of messy games i think that really kind of cost them the points they needed to advance yeah do i think they were going to win the whole thing absolutely not yeah <laughs> even even if they had advanced i don't know how, how much further they would have made it but the football fan in me and i'm sure you agree is saying you know any success is going to help us grow the game in canada in general with that being said casual fans um i don't i don't think this would affect the casual fan i don't think it would have too much of an effect of casual fans transitioning to becoming more committed football fans mm-hmm. um unfortunately that's the that's the name of the game uh, it's it's tough because the women in general for canada have been more successful up until recently um and and then now once the men come through it's kind of like oh well all the focus kind of shifted back to them going into the world cup this yeah. year in, in or last year in qatar um so so it's hard because i i don't know how much of an effect that would have on a casual fan versus you know the the the, the men's team advancing to the world cup which was huge mm-hmm. um for us you know first time in 40 years or whatever and it's like well the women have been in the world cup and been at the olympics and been a force in in football uh for much longer um so so yeah it's 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 i would call it like a, a double-edged sword i think that for the football fans we understand that success in the international stage means you know further i'm going to call it heat and light on the on a domestic league um but for the casual fans i don't think it really would have much of an impact honestly because you know, I talk to people even here, other Canadians here who didn't even know the Women's World Cup was going on right now. So 
Well, it's, it's it unfortunate. Does, it really is. It's super unfortunate. Cause well, I mean, it it's great, it's great show, football to watch. It honestly. goes to show how we really need a women's league. Right. And I mean, that yeah, would be, that would sure. be the better, the better metric is does the national team advancing do well for attendance for, for a women's league? Um, because, I mean, I don't know if the men going to the World Cup did anything for the CPL attendance either, right? I mean, like, you talk about not knowing that that, yeah. well, that tournament is going on. How many people here don't know that we have a league, right? Yeah, so, I fair. mean, you know, you, you might get a few people, a few stragglers sort of, you know, poke it out and find interest. But I think, honestly, well, and, it's and, just, and, I think this question is just born from the disappointment that we literally just got knocked <laughs> out and didn't advance. We're, we're literally the reigning, you know, Olympic gold medal champions, and we just got knocked out in the group stage. It's the first time it's ever happened. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Yeah, so, um, so we can wax poetic yeah. about how it affects attendance, but we're just, you know, we're we're mourning we're, right now. So we'll yeah, talk. we're all we're all in mourning. <laughs> let's 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 just put it that way. Yeah. Um, eight, one, and two over cavalry. Can you and Johnny each name one thing that resembles domination over cavalry? <laughs> oh, so, like, speaking of vultures, it's kind of like watching a, a, a cat. You know, when they like you, you take down a bird and the bird can't fly anymore, and it's just sort of pawing it around, like playing with it. <laughs> it doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's like us when we play cavalry. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know, that's that's a fair one. Um, I would say, oh man, I would say uh, in in this case, okay, you know, you know that war that was fought between the Australian army and a bunch of emus. <laughs> I feel like I I feel like I feel like ATO or the emus, where like no one really thinks we're a force until we play against the Australian army, aka the cavalry, and we somehow win, even though they have machine guns and they're top of the league. <laughs> Like that would be how I describe it. I love it. That's so dumb. It's amazing. It's perfect. It's so perfect. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, that's how I would. That's how I would describe us in cavalry. For for sure. It is really fun because I, I if I'm not mistaken, I think the only two more dominant one-sided um, matches in this league are cavalry over Edmonton, who they never mm-hmm. lost to Edmonton. And uh, unfortunately for us, uh, Forge over us. No. <laughs> don't, don't you put that juju on us, Johnny. How dare you say that? But yes, this is one of the most one-sided fixtures in this league. And it's literally always funny. Literally yeah. always funny. It's so, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, and talk about funny, here's our last one. This one's great. I know this isn't an ATO question, but which CPL team has the greatest midfield? I'm thinking Valor because all they field are mid players. <laughs> Hats off, hats off to whoever submitted this question. Catching that is strays. Valor has nothing to do with this, and they're still catching strays. Yeah, Valor's like negative seventy or negative seven GD and second last place. We haven't played them in a while, and they're like, "Yeah, let's talk about as much Valor stuff." Talk sucks. about Valor and being mid. He's uh, probably is born from the recent news that they just they signed Salamani, who you know yeah. used to play for Calvary and then left. And it's every time they bring a player, and it's like that is such a Valor signing every <laughs> single time. Yeah, the only the only non-Valor signing they've ever had was Matteo de Brienne, and oh, I think it's just because all of us were really chuffed that he, <laughs> or like angry that we, he didn't come to us. Oh, uh, God. I love that we're talking God, about Valor yeah. right now because all yeah, they right. field are mid players. Are mid. Amazing, <laughs> it's so true though. <laughs> so our next game is not against Valor. <laughs> it is not. It is at home against York, Saturday, August fifth. How do you feel about yes, this, sir. Patty? Um, I mean, obviously I hate York. They're the, my least favorite team in the entire league. Um, yep. and, you know, as much as I don't like forge as much as Halifax fans are, you know, can be kind of wankers sometimes. 
Um, I, I hate York. I hate them. Um, mm-hmm. and I want them to lose and I especially want them to lose because Brian Wright went to them, um, cause he sucked for us and now he sucks <laughs> for them. He's, uh, he's what? 17, 17 games and no goals, which 17 is great. games and zero <laughs> goals. You love that. Yeah. <laughs> you love to see it. Um, but also, you know, a few weeks ago we had the whole, uh, you know, pride, I'm going to call it the pride issue with, with a lot of players on York, Moba yep. Bully and Brian Wright, yep. especially, so I hope we turn out. I hope we rub it in their face that we're a supportive and you know inclusive uh, dub and and club. Um, and I hope they lose. I hope they get absolutely spanked at TD Place. Yep. that's just my personal belief. Well, we know. I believe it was just announced that our next. You hear that? You next- hear that? It's my personal belief that they get <laughs> they, they get their asses kicked at TD Place. I saw what you did there. I saw what you did there, and I saluted. Mm. <laughs> Um, as was recently announced, the theme for our next home game is York La Fiesta Night. <laughs> it is a celebration of Latino culture, which is going to oh, be lit. Oh, Marco, baby. Be lit. Oh, yeah, this is Marco's <laughs> time to shine. It's going to be so lit. The, the, the food and drink is going to be sick. I'm just throwing it out there that this is also going to be a pride match. Yeah, it's a Fiesta, Fiesta pride match. <laughs> yeah, that's also what it's going to be. And yeah. it's going to be glorious. So we are obviously in our last five games, we have four wins. York in their last five are two wins, one draw, two losses. So they are in quite a bit worse form than we are coming off of a 2 nil loss sure uh, this are. past weekend against Halifax. So who knows? I think I, I also hate them. You know, we've, we've drawn them eight times, lost to them four times and only won once. Like it's probably like the most, one of the most annoying fi- It's the, it's their, they're our most annoying fixture, like bar none. Yes. For sure. They are. They are. It's, so, it's the, yeah, exactly. It's a frustrating fixture. Yeah. But I do think that York is on particularly bad form recently. They're yeah. what? Win against Vancouver, which doesn't count. Lost to Forge, tied Pacific, beat Valor, shocker. And that, so that doesn't count really either. And then they <laughs> lost 2 nothing to Halifax. <laughs> so really, they haven't had a legitimate win in their last five games. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we're able to beat them, um, especially on, you know, Fiesta night, especially given our, our, our pedigree as a club and a, you know, a child of Atletico de Madrid that obviously has a special place. I, I would hope, um, in the annals of the, the league. So, um, yeah, yeah. York hopefully will put up a stinker and get spanked like six, nothing. We needed this. We needed a Sammy Salter hat trick. Sammy Salter hat trick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we needed a size of home win against York because the only time we've ever beat them was a three nil away that we were, uh, for the road trip last season. Oh my so, God. That yeah. was so good though. Yeah, and we need so this to good. happen. We need this to happen. A we lot. do. Um, before yes, that, we have a hot stove Friday, 7 p.m. Tune into that. Um, I'm sure we'll get some of our favorite York fans on that hot stove. I hope we do. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. They've been they've been pretty quiet recently. They have. Especially one in particular. Yeah, so, so. we'll see. We'll see. To show up. Hopefully they'll show up, too. Um, yep. Obviously, this game is at home. If you want to be at it, which you do, use the W ticket live on our website, capitalcitysupporters.com. We continue to have watch parties for away games. Obviously, no longer for uh, our national team because we are not in the Women's World Cup anymore. Womp womp. But keep reading Patrick Gibson with the player rankings articles. They're great. Keep reading Ben Ralph with the forward press articles. He does like two of those a week with the pre and post uh, press conferences. We read all of them and use those quotes. Um, Megan Wiper with the new Footy 101 series. New designs in the shop as always. Patty, 
what can we say? We're flying high right now. This feels good, doesn't we it? Are, we are. It feels so good. Um, we're we're going into a arguably well, and I'm going to say arguably an actual. We're going into a very winnable game on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know the 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 club's flying high, the dub's flying high, everyone's happy. Let's just go in and and smash it out on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, let's look at our let's look at our next five. We've got York at home, Pacific away who are yes. a bit stinky right now, Valor True. away, who are Valor, and then Forge at home. So, I mean, yeah. you know, there's a couple, there's a couple, uh, and then Calvary at home again. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some, there's definitely Might as well give us the three points for that game now. Yeah. There's some winnable <laughs> ones in there, so let's see what we can do. Yeah, let's do it. Vamos a Vamos a